Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there. My name is Jane. My name's Kurt. And this is Made Your Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then chat about them to try and work out why we like the things that we like. Yes. And this week is quite interesting. It's a spin-off of a spin-off and originally we both really liked the shows. It's a spin-off of a spin-off of a novel. Oh, of yeah. An adaptation of a novel. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you get me to watch this week, Jane? This week I made you watch Legacies. There isn't much of it. No, it's just that haunting sound that it's the end of every single Vampire Diaries or original uh, episode. It's, it's a different sound. Actually, oh. I don't think there is a sound. I thought there's like a. It's, I thought it was it's, like, it's a, like a sound that usually te- carries on through the previous uh, scene. It's not the same sound every time. Right. So I'll have to try and use the end credit music. <laughs> anyway, you'll know what we've just played because it's playing probably right now underneath our voices. But I don't yet know that. Um, I have. I didn't really want to watch this show, uh, because. I lost steam with Vampire Diaries and I was persevering, trying to watch it in tandem with the originals when the spin-off happened and hoping to get to know the gay character that was introduced in season five of Vampire Diaries. And I just got bored of so much death and back to life and death and back to life. Yeah, there's a lot of that, especially in the Vampire Diaries in those later seasons. So, I remember for a little bit of uh, context into our history, Mm -hmm. uh, distinctly remember in our first year of our friendship, Mm -hmm. watching the season two Vampire Diaries season finale yes. and you that was one of the few times that I sh- saw you be so emotively responsive. Correct. <laughs> when Jeremy died. Yeah I was, I adore Stephen McQueen. Yeah he's gorgeous. He's a beautiful man. He really uh, really um, beefed out by the end of that series. He had quite the glow up um, <laughs> and I yeah, I adored that character and when he got shot and it was kind of before we had a lot of dying and coming back to yeah, life Yeah we show. thought deaths actually meant deaths. Exactly. Um, <laughs> particularly in the case of Jeremy who died and came back to life three times on the show. And then the Gilbert ring, which actually brings dying and back to life as a plot device. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I, 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 we both have history with the vampire diaries, um, to kind of take a couple steps back and explain the whole history of legacy, this, this show in general. So you actually have to go right back. Um, the vampire diaries was a series of books written by LJ Smith. Um, it, you know, in the mid 2000s and it was adapted into a TV show for the CW in about 2009. 
um, called The Vampire Diaries, which deviated very, very firmly from the books pretty much right from the beginning. Um, it did not follow that plot particularly closely at all. Um, that series went on for something like eight seasons. Mm. Uh, after season four... It, it was after season four. It was season five, I think, when the original yeah, spin-off was happening. Yeah, So kind of like in the middle of season four, actually. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. It was There was like a little backdoor pilot in there, and then um, it spun off into a spin-off. Um, <laughs> another show called The Originals, which was based off of a bunch of characters who were the villains in The Vampire Diaries who went off and had their own show. And that was an interesting show because when you take villains and try to make them protagonists... Oh, anti-heroes? Um, well, they were they were protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you had to try and, yeah, find a way to make them interesting. And, and do you go down the anti-hero route? Mm-hmm. Do you try to find some humanity in them? Or redemption. Um, redeeming them, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, the originals went for five seasons, um, and a lot of it focused around uh, the character who was born at the end of the first season, um, and then she's kind of a baby for two seasons, and then they, like, skip a bunch of time, and then she's seven. <laughs> Good choices. Um, <laughs> and then and then we skip a bunch of time again for the last season, she's 15. Oh, I didn't realise there were two time jumps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, two big time jumps. So we have seen this incarnation of hope before. So she was already cast before the legacies came about. She was, absolutely. She was cast before anybody else on this show pretty much mm. um, in the final season of the originals. Um, and then the originals ended and wrapped up. And then I think it was probably a year or so later that they decided, although they had done a backdoor-ish kind of pilot for the fifth season, they had gone to the Salvatore school in one of the final episodes. Oh, um, okay. And we had seen some of this stuff before, um, but it wasn't quite as baked as it is here. Mm-hmm. The um, actresses playing Lizzie and Josie were very different and they looked a lot younger um, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, then a couple of years later they decided to do Legacies, which is another spin-off, which basically focuses on Hope and um, the Salvatore school. Um, and a bunch of characters who we had seen as children or had seen in the old version, but haven't um, are a little bit older now. Whether or not the aging up makes sense, people don't necessarily look the right age. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the kind of background. Um, just to talk a little bit about Julie Pleck, who is the kind of creator, producer, um, head, you know, executive producer, showrunner of this show. She. Um, first started working with Kevin Williamson on the Vampire Diaries. She actually comes from, she worked on the Scream films. um, Oh, nice. With Kevin Williamson. She also did a little bit of work on Carl XY. Um, Carl XY. (laughs) Yeah, I know that you have a lot of love for that show. Um, So she very much comes from that teen drama world. Um, She then worked on the originals and legacies um, kind of without Kevin Williamson. He then, you know, didn't have much to do with those two particular shows. She's also co-EP on... um, on Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, nice. It's obviously a favourite of the sh- of our podcast. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so she is um, kind of the big head honcho, and it's really interesting to hear Julie Pleck talk in interviews now. I think she's actually one of those few showrunners who's really grown and changed with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the Vampire Diaries and Legacies, uh, sorry, and Originals had some kind of like things that you can't really get away with in TV shows these days. A little problematic. Some, like, problematic, compelling stuff. Oh, yeah. And, um... Consent. Consensual stuff. And also just a lot of stuff around, like, old, old, old vampires falling in love with very, very young girls. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) That's right. I forgot he had a whole thing with her. 
Well, oh. I mean, like, all of them. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. every all of those vampires are, like, 140 years old yeah. and falling in love with 16-year-old girls. Like, the math there gets pretty sketchy. Mm. So, like, in this show, it's really interesting. They've been very careful to make all the vampires are, like, newly turned young vampires. Right, yeah, yeah. They're and not, the like, yeah. older vampires who just happen to be I was school. even thinking in the terms of the originals, in terms of, like, how old What's-His-Face is, Klaus. And yeah. that his his becomes, like, passionate about What's-Her-Face, the blonde one. Camille. Thank Cammy. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, when they're not like a minor, it's less creepy. Um, because at least, you know, everyone there is a consenting adult. But like the stuff in Vampire Diaries was creepy. Like yeah. Elena was like 15, 16, falling yeah. over the 140 year old and his brother who also even looked older. So, you know, um, like I feel like as long as everyone's an adult, I'm not so upset with it. But when people are children, it's creepy. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Anyway, so I'm going to provide some show context. Oh, this is a doozy. I know. I'm really sorry, you guys. But, like, we're in the third spinoff, so... Um, <laughs> and this... I thought having some information from seeing other stuff would have helped, but given that I didn't finish the originals, I don't really have any useful information here. No, and I really tried to tailor this to you, as in where you the information that you would have had. Mm. Um, so I haven't gone, like, right back to the beginning... <laughs> type stuff. In but terms of who Alaric is. Exactly. Yeah. I was just like, you'll know who these base characters are, so let me build off of that. Yeah. So, the Salvatore School is a haven for witches, werewolves, and vampires, the only three magical creatures known to exist in the world. To the residents of Mystic Falls, it looks like a boarding school for rich, troubled kids. But in fact, it's designed to be a haven where young people from these three species can learn to coexist, using their abilities for good use their abilities for good, and accept themselves while also getting a formal education. It was started by Alaric Saltzman and Caroline Forbes, prompted by their twin daughters, Lizzie and Josie, who were the last witches of their coven and needed somewhere to safely learn their craft. The family coven, family slash coven that their biological mother came from is known to breed somewhat unstable witches and this is all part of a much longer story that I'm not going to tell here um, and Lizzie especially struggles with her mental health they are also siphon witches which means that they don't have their own magic powers they have to siphon it from other magical creatures or objects imbued with magic or they can siphon actual spells sometimes um, and then they can use that magic one, ch- one student who has been attending this school since she was seven years old is Hope Michelson, the only tribrid, which wolf-vamp combo, ever to exist. She's the unlikely love child of Klaus Michelson, an original vampire and psychotic evildoer who comes from a long line of powerful witches, and Haley Marshall, a werewolf alpha. Hope is not only uniquely skilled, since she is a practice witch, has triggered her werewolf side and has some vampiric abilities, although she's not actually a vampire, mm. But when she was, uh, but she was also touted as the great hope, pun absolutely intended, <laughs> of the Michelson family, prompting them to mend their ways and try to do better. Hope has felt this pressure since she was very small, always taking on a lot of responsibility, and her family issues are compounded when her mother, father, and uncle Elijah all died, either protect her or as a direct result of her actions. For years after this, she has kept other people at arm's length, afraid to get close people in, c- in case she hurts them or they abandon her. Recently, though, for many various reasons, she's been letting down her guard and making an effort to try and be nice to people. 
and then there's like the the show context actually specifically related to this show. <laughs> um, so recently, random creatures, swap monsters, dryads, dream demons, zombies, etc., have been showing up at the Salvatore Salvatore School, even though none of these things have been known to exist outside of folklore. We have learned that they all used to exist, but at one stage they were imprisoned in an empty void world called Malavor, accessible through an oozing pit of black tar, and their existence wiped from the collective consciousness, only rec- written records remaining. Ah. Sorry. Did you not read that? No, I just don't remember. Yeah. I mean, I read it, but I it was just mumble-jumble to me until I watched the episode, I suppose. I see. Um, these creatures have been released from Malavor one by one with the intense compulsion to find three artifacts that, if they are all absorbed into the pit, will unleash Malavor upon the whole world. Now, there are some other characters that you need to know. The three that I'm going to first say are not in this episode, but kind of tangentially related to things that happen. Um, MG, Landon, and Raphael. Landon is Hope's boyfriend, seemingly human, but for some reason unable to be compelled and also somehow drawn or connected to the Malibor artifacts. He and his brother Raphael grew up in foster care together. Raph is a werewolf and the alpha at the Salvatore school. MG is a young, sweet vampire with the potential to become a very, very, very bad vamp. If he drinks human blood, he's kind of like a ripper like Stefan was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't remember if you had seen like the Stefan Ripper stuff. Oh yeah, I've seen all the Stefan Ripper stuff. So he's he's like a ripper. Right. Um Caleb is a friend of MG's, full of pride for being a vamp, feeling like he should embrace his more vampiric urges and drink from humans. He's a big fan of the snatch eat erase method of feeding, which is against school policy, but he knows when to stop so as not to kill his prey. Um I didn't mention it here, but basically all the blood bags that they have in the fridge, that's all animal blood. Yeah, well it's it's uh it's alluded to in the episode. Kind of implied, yeah. 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 Um Emma Tig is a witch and school's counselor. She's in this episode, but in the most boring subplot. Um, and Dorian, who was once Alaric's intern like 15 years before this and is now a colleague researcher and teacher and stuff at the Salvatore School. He does appear toward the end of the Vampire Diaries. Oh. Um, but he kind of has a bigger role here. Okay, now the actual episode context. Um, <laughs> Almost there. Well, and we're nearly there. So, Hope, Lizzie and Josie have known each other since they were very small children and have never gotten along, but recently Hope has started to get to know Josie, the nicer of the two twins, and they've been taking steps toward becoming friends. Lizzie is pretty resentful of this and remains openly hostile because Lizzie and Josie have a rather unhealthy codependent relationship. No, twins. <laughs> you know. Um, at first, Landon wasn't allowed to stay at the school because human. Um, so he went out on a mission to find his birth mother. Hope and Rick went after him and they had this whole adventure in Kansas slash Ohio where they met Landon's mother and encountered a sketchy guy in a sketchy organization doing a sketchy cover-up of some supernatural happenings. Long story short, <laughs> um, this is the short version of the long story, believe it or not. Um, Landon's mother jumped into Malavor, causing everybody to forget not only her, but pretty much the whole sequence of events. But for some reason hope does remember and nobody knows why also side note landon doesn't know the things that hope remembers so he doesn't know that he met his mother it's a whole secret um and landon's not even in this episode he's not even in this episode um but i do love landon um also since the school had possession of the urn and that's what the monsters are coming after they were recently attacked by body snatching slug monsters um (laughs) that hitched a ride into the school on a unicorn which hope refused to kill because it was cute um it was referred to in this episode but that sentence is just so ridiculous i almost gave you that episode it's a really fun episode um 
But I didn't because they weren't being themselves. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you should watch that episode. <laughs> um, the slugs caused everybody to have lowered inhibitions and then influenced them to try and steal the urns. The urn. The slugs were defeated, and while but while Emma was under the influence, she and Rick went off campus for the day and got drunk at a bar. He asked her out. She said she was seeing someone. He kissed her anyway, and when they de-slugged her, she was horribly embarrassed that she had kissed him back. Turns out he wasn't infected at the time, so his actions were his own. Um, and when he learns that the person that Emma's seeing, and then he learns that the person Emma is seeing is Dorian. So he's like, whoops, not allowed to like her because, you know, best mate. Mm. Um, Rick later became slugged and threw the urn into the river, meaning that monsters will go after it and inflict themselves on innocent humans who have no way to defend themselves. There you go. All right. So that's, that's the that's the bare minimum relevant <laughs> context that I felt I could provide for this episode. Oh well, wow. uh, like you, you you did give me information that I was like, I have no idea what this means, and then watching it, I was like, hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was kind of like, I know that that's going to become relevant throughout the episode. You might need to return. Yeah, there was a few times where I was like, okay, I'm going to need to have this open while I'm watching this, Anna. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I've given you season one, episode 12, There's a Mummy on Main Street. Fun title. Yes. Um, And all the the titles are named after a random line in the show. Mm -hmm. So I like looking at the the titles and going, oh, who's going to say that? Or what's that got to do with anything? Yeah, okay. um, It's always fun. There's only about 18 episodes, I think, in the first season, so this is sixteen. Sixteen, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, not a heap. So this is toward the end of the first season, mm. um, and I'll explain a little bit later on why I picked this one. All right, so I'm going to uh, give my recap of the episode yeah. and then uh, give some of my reactions. Yeah, your turn to talk a lot. <laughs> well, it was easier to summarize than last week. I'm sure it was. <laughs> it's actually a pretty straightforward plot. Yes. Um, there's not even really a B plot in this. I mean, like, there is a, a, a side kind of... There is a B plot. Yeah. Yeah, we could not talk about it, though. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> All right, so it's spring break for the Salvatore school, and unfortunately there are plagues of insects that break up a cute picnic between Emma and Dorian. Alaric realises that these are a result of the urn that is spreading creepy crawlies across the land. So Alaric goes on a road trip to retrieve the urn and he brings along the girls, uh, Lizzie, Josie and Hope and Caleb, uh, which seems to be because he's not convinced that he won't be having human blood if he's not around. Yeah, he's, he's concerned about, um, and about Caleb influencing MG to go do bad things. Uh, they do not get along during the travel. It's a six-hour-long drive, and Lizzie is consistently arguing with Hope about how she always ruins their family getaways for spring break, but also blaming her for starting a fire back at the school some time ago. Once they finally get to their destination, Dorian gets set up with his scuba gear to dive for the urn in the river, and the town is swarms uh, Rick and the gang with hornets. The bugs suddenly die, um, very suddenly, and the town is almost immediately given the CDC treatment with medical tents and hazmat suits, and these CDC officials are actually part of the triad. Uh, And there's the hot and suspicious-looking guy, which Jane referred to as the very sketchy guy. Um, Agent Clark, who sees through Rick's lies and actually asks for some assistance from their vampire to help wipe the town's memory of the plague, since his job is normally a little bit easier of convincing farmers that they didn't see a chimera and hiding supernatural events. Dorian retrieves the urn and is almost stopped by triad agents, but actually more bugs come and he's stopped by a big bad mummy who takes it from him. 
The team are informed about the mummy and he is the harbinger of these plagues and they get down to Main Street to have a showdown. Lizzie brings up the fire again and continues hating on Hope, especially for spreading rumours that she was witch bipolar. I don't really get what that means, but I, I, given her mental health issues, I, I kind of know what's going on. Yeah, she has like outbursts where yep. there's like witchy things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what are occurrences? Is that the first time they... She, she talks about, like, episodes. So right. she has, like, basically complete mental breakdowns where she, like, Burns. goes a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. becomes very emotional and right. upset and, yeah, then starts, like, you know, throwing knives around the school. Okay, so after a witty line from the girls and an unnecessarily long standoff, Josie burns that sucker to ash and the urn and the scarab, which is basically the mummy's glowing green heart, I think, uh, is returned to the triad tent. The mummy comes back to life from the scarab until the girls can use their witch powers to sap of its energy and put the mummy's soul to rest. In the mayhem, Caleb actually compelled a town citizen to retrieve the urn from them from underneath the triads hands, but unfortunately Agent Clark has captured Dorian and Emma to trade them for the urn. Back at the school, we get to the truth of the fire incident, and that it was actually Josie who started the fire, because she wrote down her crush on a note to Hope, and lied about it. Emma comes clean with Dorian about the kiss that she and Rick had, and that only she was slug invaded, so Dorian promptly punches Rick in the face and quits, leaving the school. Back to the suspicious bad guy, Agent Clark, we see that instead of putting the urn in lockup, he actually kills a triad security guard and throws it into the Malibor, which is basically a hell portal. Yeah. Hell adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they use that term quite a bit, don't they? Um, yeah. So that's the episode. Okay, cool. I'd love to hear your reactions. I totally saw those bugs crawling up the side of his back before she did. So, yeah, good attention to detail, the editors, uh, with those special effects. I'm really going to struggle with the names on this episode. We'll see how we go. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, this, this show is a lot more reminding me of the fun times of Vampire Diaries uh, after seeing what they look like uh, with inviting Emma on the weekend. Okay, I'm really enjoying the fact that the road trip isn't like just a quick cutaway. It does take a long time to get to different places and TV shows often just skip over these boring so-called bits, but it's super cute to see the family or I guess like made family struggle happening here and the twins, oh my gosh. Okay, so another plague is obviously going to happen, given the bugs stinging her, but I'm sorry, it does not take a second for your bug bite to be swollen and, you know, inflamed. It should take more time. You can't show that immediately. It should be something later. Oh, I got stung by something earlier. And, oh, that looks gross now, after time has passed. Anyway. Oh, here it comes. Gosh, I'm really enjoying how much the girls are just like, eh, end of the world. Okay, it's plaguey. It's so cavalier. It's fantastic. It's nice to actually see uh, governmental powers help in these random supernatural events that seem to be always occurring and never getting any attention by them. But 
that was awfully quick for some sort of CDC people to show up, so I'm suspicious. And Alaric just said my concern. Okay, I completely forgot the name of the episode until now. And the mummy just walked in! That's quite fun. This show is ridiculous, but fun. The bugs, why didn't they attack Dorian? I don't know. Well, it's helpful for him. We'll see what happens. Okay, so this is strange. It's utterly convenient with the government organization representative being like, hey, can you take it from here? If they're aware of all these things and trying to cover them up, wouldn't they at least have one vampire in their ranks or experiment with that kind of super soldier-esque potential? I don't know. I mean, like, if I think about it too hard, there will be plot holes anywhere, I suppose. <laughs> I love uh, glamping or glamouring to help stop someone from smoking. He's fun. He's really enjoying it. I really appreciate the fact that he's, like, given everyone a little bit of... <laughs> advice. That mummy fight scene was so anticlimactic. And why did Hope keep getting them to wait? Like, if he was getting closer, I would kind of understand it, but then it was just giving him a chance to attack him, and then, uh... Whatever, at least one of the other ones is badass. Okay, glad the mummy's back in action. We're gonna get a bit more of an action sequence. I know Jane doesn't really care about action sequences as much, but come on, there's a bunch of vampire witches and a mummy. We want a fight scene. Okay, so he didn't have to just hand the urn over to get them back. Couldn't, like, what's his face, just glamour them? Or I guess agents are probably revained. But none of this information has been passed on. There's too many little details and, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, she had a crush on Hope. This is actually really cute. I mean, like, obviously horrible to commit arson, but in terms of motivations, this is unexpectedly sweet. Okay, there's a lot of kind of questions that you had. Um, <laughs> and I think some of that comes from... Um, some things that could do with some explaining. Um, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but I will say that uh, fresh off the bat, it was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Yeah. But I think they're leaning into it. They are absolutely <laughs> leaning into the ridiculousness of it. And I adore that, that part of it. It's mm. like, it's, you know, people who take, I think the the good thing about this show is that, the witches, the werewolves, and the vampire stuff. Like, we've done that. Yeah. And that's, like, old hat, not only for us, but for everybody on the show. <laughs> They're all like, we can handle that shit. And then it's like you throw in other monsters and, like, both of everybody on the show is like, ah, what do we do with this? But also we're like, okay, like, this is silly, but at least it's different. Yeah. And it's like a new way of looking at it. True. I guess Vampire Diaries did get caught in a loop of, like, they only had so many monsters to do. And they were just like over and over and over again. Or they do like, oh, a more powerful vampire. A more An powerful older vampire. <laughs> a more powerful witch. Oh, look, let's put a witch and a vampire together. Oh, my God, they must be the most powerful. Oh, wait, we defeated them too. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a way of, I guess, raising the stakes, but also increasing the silliness so the writers don't get, I guess, stagnant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like that they came up with, like, a mythology so that it made sense that we hadn't seen all of these creatures before. Yeah, and no, no, it's 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 ridiculously convenient, um, but it is 
it is a, a nice detail that they've actually put in and the fact that it's like, oh, the consciousness was removed. Yeah. Uh, and also you get that from the uh, episode, the context that you gave me in terms of Landon's mother. Yeah, exactly. And and it's not like they've just kind of gone like, oh, well, they were all off in a portal. No, like the whole Malivore thing is like the central conflict for the whole series. Mm. So the, the reason for these creatures not to have been in the shows previously is central to the concept of the show. Mm. So I think that they've done that quite cleverly as a way to bring in these new monsters while have it make sense and impact the story. And also that's uh, almost like, you know, uh, a true death in terms of not only if someone goes into there, but everyone forgets mm. who that person is, Yeah, you know? So that's a, a very um, high stake really to uh, put into the mix. So if anyone went into the portal, then we would not only just lose them, but then completely their memory of them. Exactly. Yeah. But written records would still exist. Interesting. And photos. And photos. <laughs> so all of the things that they're left behind are still there. And I guess Facebook and social media have enough like of a footprint now that we'd be like, oh, yeah, so that was that person. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have a lot of people on our social media now as well. If they stop posting... You know, how often do you just go through and look at your list of friends? That's true. You just keep scrolling. Yeah, mm. unless you have, unless something pops up in your timeline, and you know, you're like, "Who's that person?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that you know, that's not necessarily um, what happens, but yeah. So I'm glad that you had fun with it at least. Yeah, I definitely had fun with it, um, and I was keep like I kept like I I do like it when shows are. Uh, look into the details. Yeah. So could you give me a bit of explanation in terms of some of the um, things that I was concerned about? So yeah. did who, the triad, right? Yes. Yes. Um, have they always been around? So I didn't give you too much context about the triad because at this point we don't have a heap of context about the triad. Yeah. So, so we only just learn out who agent Clark was. They just saw his face. That's right. And, and it's interesting you kept referring to them as a government agency. That's not what they are. Right. They are a private company. Oh. And, and I think the actual point that you may have missed in this episode is that they are, they have claimed to be a cleanup agency. They are not a cleanup agency. Yeah. yeah well, so I, they were, they were pretending to do all of that. Um, and so all of that kind of, you know, the convenience, of, you know, well, the, if they're just a clean-up agency, then why, you know... Um, Did the CDC show up so immediately? Or yeah. They, they were actually tracking it. Not know, only that, that, but also, like, even at the end when you're like, well, why did they hand over? It's because they, they have an understanding that this is probably quite a dangerous group of people. Mm, mm. They're not just, you know, your, your government schlubs, yeah. basically. Yeah, and um, Rick helped me out that with um, uh, talking to Caleb about a few things in terms of not trusting them and, yeah. and that sort of information. Yeah. But... Do they have any monsters in their in their ballpark? No. Okay. No, okay. that's quite core to the triad. Oh, come some kind of human superiority bullshit. Sort of, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't get too into it, but yeah. Right. Without spoiling. Um. Okay. So, um, I quite like the twins, and I kind of completely forgot about uh, Hope having a boyfriend. Um, that's fine. <laughs> do we? Uh, know of uh, Hope's spectrum of sexuality because she seemed like, oh, you had a crush on me. That's sort of the first time that we get a really strong indication that she may not be like 100% straight. Yeah. Um, but the the good thing about this show is that they're pretty um, fluid. Fluid with almost <laughs> all of the characters. I mean, on a sexy, hot teen people show, uh, they do enjoy that because you can just have more couples be together, <laughs> more I different combinations. I think. 
all of the girls on this show are in some way implied to be at least by. Mm. Um, but I don't like it if it isn't part of their journey, if it isn't part to, you know, their own development and, and character. Like, you know, I mean, they don't have to like come out. No, it can no. just be by. No, and that's the thing, you know, it doesn't have to be a plot point. Yeah. Um, but I don't like it if it's just so we can just put different people together. Um, but um, yeah, so. This is something that we don't really know about Hope, but it's not something that we necessarily it's, don't know. Yeah, it's not – it's the, – the whole point about the show is that nobody really makes a big deal about, like, yeah, coming out or being, mm. like – by the way, guys, like, I think at one point early in the season they make one statement where another character who also was in the show called Penelope Park um, comes out and basically says, um, like, your, outdated, your outdated ideas about binaries are – stupid and mm. I don't abide by them. Yeah. And that was kind of the thesis statement for the show, which is just like, guys, every, everybody just likes everybody. Yeah. Like everybody <laughs> can like everybody. Um, kind of, they haven't been as overt about that with the boys as I would like, mm, mm. Uh, which is a little bit a, annoying to me. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a trap that, that these kind of shows tend to fall into, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it is still nice to see. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they're against going that direction with the with some of the guys. I'm just kind of there wasn't a lot of space because they play a lot into the kind of land and raff brothership, mm-hmm. which is kind of the main relationship between the the boys on the show and and also between MG and Caleb, Caleb. being also friends. Yeah. So I think they're focusing so much on those friendships that they have more of the quite, bromances. More of the bromances, which has also been a was a big part of um the Vampire Diaries and the originals. Yeah. Was they had, you know, the brothership mm. brothership brotherhood. <laughs> um <laughs> the brotherhood element of those shows were always really strong, but whether it was between Stefan and Damon or between Elijah, Elijah and, and Klaus. Klaus. Like that was always really core to the to the shows. And I think that they're doing something very similar with Ruff and Landon. Um and so yeah, that's why they haven't delved so much into the boys being as fluid as the girls. But I think they're gonna do it. So uh yeah. <laughs> Well they got a season two, don't they? They sure do. I just watched the trailer for it. Uh, it literally came out today. So I'm really excited. Um but I can't tell you too much about it because you need to watch the rest of the season first. Oh, okay. Anyway, we don't need to talk about whether you're going to do that. <laughs> we'll do that later. Um, okay, so um, Emma is a counsellor. Yeah. Is she also a teacher at the school? What What does the teaching really look like at this school? Um, is it kind of like X-Men style? We don't spend a lot of time in class, <laughs> for, for one. So it's sort of like... I think they do like kind of a mix of regular classes so that they can all like get their high school diploma and go to college if they want. Mm -hmm. And like magic or kind of species specific classes. Yeah. So they all train to be a werewolf or train to be a vampire, train to be a witch. Yeah. But it seems to be only in defensive tactics. That's a very big part is that, um, and they make a point of this yes. at the end of the show that the witches have only ever learned defensive magic. They've never learned offensive or black magic. Um, the vampires aren't allowed to drink human blood and the wolves generally, um, are, they haven't really talked about the restrictions on the wolves, but they, they certainly aren't necessarily teaching them to embrace their wolfish. just like they have, they have cages downstairs for the full moon. Oh gosh, uh, because yeah. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard because it. you don't want to like set the wolves out free on the world, um, but also caging them up is not necessarily good for them either. Yeah, and, so, and that's a whole big part of the previous plot line with what it was like to be wild and free. Totally, and it's a little bit different and Hope has the benefit of being a 
tribrid so she can run about and have full control over herself while she's a wolf. Right, um, yeah. But- we didn't see too much of, like, her awesomeness in no, this episode. I admit is, this- she, is she OP? Uh, I don't like that phrase. Okay. Um, because I think I th- hear that and think original poster. Um, <laughs> Overpowered is what I was referring to. I know to. what you mean, but I don't, I don't know. Um, what, like, what do you mean by overpowered? Well, I mean, she's, like, no character is overpowered. I mean, well, no. I mean, like, it, she sounds like she should be overpowered because she's the magical tribrid person of a witch, of a werewolf, of a vampire. But she doesn't seem to be all-powerful. She's not all-powerful. Is I that mean, an age thing? Like, she'll get stronger as she gets older? Or I just we don't really know what, what, what it is? Because- I mean, it just depends what you mean by, like, Powerful is relative in a world where there are witches, werewolves, and vampires. Yeah. You know, she, if she uses witch powers, she's not that much stronger than your standard witch. She is a little bit stronger because she comes from a long legacy of powerful witches, but she's not, she doesn't have stronger witch powers because she's also those two other things. Right. She just has those abilities. Exactly. Okay. So, and, and same with kind of being a wolf. Like, she has the benefit when she's a wolf of being able to turn whenever she likes um, and having control over herself, but she's still not stronger than a regular wolf. Right, okay. I think the idea is kind of if she triggered her vampire side. Um, so should she, she drink animal blood too? No. Okay. Because she's not a vampire. She's basically like somebody who has vampire blood in their veins. Oh, yeah. So yeah, she yeah. heals. Yeah. She yeah. heals immediately. Um, we don't really think that she can die. Is she fast and strong? She's fast and strong, but... That's also, also wolf. wolf. That's also a wolf yeah. thing. Yeah. So she's a little bit stronger than your average wolf in her day to day life, but not that much. Um, like, <laughs> okay, okay. So she's I got not it. overpowered. She's not like this. She's not Captain Marvel. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> because she's still going to work with the same tools as the people around her. It also gives her a convenient uh, way of being in all three different types of classes, I suppose. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and she's like, she's very clever and she's very smart. So she does go to all three kinds of classes and she comes from a very long legacy of, you know, of werewolves and witches and things. So she, you know, she has access to magics that other people don't because. Um, of lines and things like that. Uh, n- no, because of things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Like she has other grimoires and stuff yeah. that she got from people. Yeah. Thank Jane is trying to say this without ruining the originals for me. Correct. Uh, which is sweet because I actually prefer the originals to the Vampire Diaries at the moment. Uh, but I did not finish season one, but I knew she was going to be born. So it was fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. First season, baby, magical baby, all three. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, she'll be born and she'll be a major plot device of part of the series. Um, um yeah. yeah. So, um, um, I love, I love hope. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely adore hope, but I don't really know why. Yeah. I, I don't see why. I don't know why either. <laughs> um, I mean, granted in this episode, I only got really hope being constantly berated by Lizzie. Yeah. There wasn't a lot more to it than that, but you did see a nice emotional beat towards the end of her being like, why would I start the fire? I, I lost the only picture that old painting that I did with my dad. Mm. Um, and not only that, I think the more, the stronger emotional beat is when she explained to Lizzie that I would never make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. Bait. For that. For that. Um, and I don't take it lightly. And, and it was, a, and she's like, yeah, no, that's a really 
touching moment. And I like that mental health is a part of it. Mm. Um, I just didn't really see it in the episode. It was just kind of talked about. Um, but that's that's it's nice that it's being talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think for me the highlight for the episode was uh, the car ride, actually, because yeah. that just felt so genuine. Yeah. It didn't feel forced. It was uh, very much just like, you know, a minivan. How you got snacks? Okay, I got a ukulele. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, and it just felt like it, it was a quick way for me to kind of feel part of the gang yeah. and feel like I knew these characters. Yeah, and feel kind of, you know, you immediately get to see the dynamics between mm. them, that you see that Josie is the one who tries to, like, stay out of the drama. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't even listening to music. Oh, probably not. Um, and that you can see that Lizzie is clearly an instigator and that Hope, like, doesn't want anything to do with it, but keeps getting drawn into drama um, with Lizzie. And Caleb's just like, why am I in this car with all these white people? Uh, my favourite line uh, was definitely uh, Lizzie saying, um, Dad, you're manspreading with a crossbow before three powerful witches. Yeah, I <laughs> that love was, that. That was, that was nice. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like... It's fine, but the action was a real letdown for me in this episode. See, I love how much action was in this episode because I'm like, it's the, the action that's required to tell the story, and that's it. I, for something as ridiculous as a mummy, as you heard in my reaction, I was like, okay, we don't get another fight scene. It was basically just the mummy pushing over boxes, and then the girls going, Ooh. yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine for you. I mean, these shows have never really been action heavy. Yeah, it's always been more emotion heavy. Emotion I, I heavy with that. like some quick, like they don't do fight scenes on any of these shows mm. where you have like a lot of punching and kicking really yeah. and acrobatics. It's always been more like, how you do know, we defeat this evil? Yeah, plans and plots and, and things. And research and old yeah. text. So I think that there's a little bit, um, because we don't necessarily aren't in on their plan. Mm -hmm. until we see the plan. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit kind of missing from that, um, why it might feel a bit anticlimactic, because it's just kind of like, oh, off you go, Caleb, go do the thing that we obviously talked about earlier um, and, like, get the thing and then throw it to the girls and then they siphon it. Um, but I like the idea that they just have to siphon the mummy and they release him from his trap. And I like when Jason yeah, says, like, actually, he's oh, a, he's poor a, mummy. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, it's... They're, they've got chemistry, um, these girls, definitely together. Yeah. Um, but it was it was hard for me to like either of the twins in this episode because sure. it seemed like they were just, like, Josie was just completely backing up. But then I guess that makes complete sense because she was like, I don't want to stop talking about this, please. Exactly, um, yeah. So while in the first watching I was just like, oh, is Josie a bitch. I thought she was the nice one. She's just really disengaging. But she's, then I was like... She doesn't like confrontation, which is the main thing. Um, it's very true to her. But then I was like, oh, there's actually something more to this. Um, and there's... And also like how when Hope was affected, Josie immediately kind of stepped in. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like a trigger for her um, in terms of like protection, I suppose. Yeah. Um, mind you, I still don't get why they didn't just attack the mummy. I think the point was they were trying to let the mummy come a little bit closer so that they would be more effective. Yeah, but the mummy didn't actually move. <laughs> it started coming closer. It was coming then... incrementally closer, but then it had stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a little bit like, I. every time I watch that, I'm like, what are they waiting for? Yeah, I was just like... Um, 
But I don't, like, it's not enough to annoy me. Yeah, yeah. It is, a, like, sorry, it's, an, it's annoying, but it's not enough to, like, turn me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I enjoy Caleb. I definitely enjoy Caleb. I think Alaric, I don't care about him anymore. I think that is a slight flaw of the show. Yeah. Um, and it, for most of this show, it's actually well handled in that we see Alaric mostly in relation to the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the relationship that, that he has with them. I um, think he was strongest when he was being a makeshift dad to um, the Gilbert um, kids. Yes. In uh, in the Vampire Diaries. Yes. And so um, I, I enjoy seeing him have those moments with his girls. Um, but it was just... Um, uh. Yeah. I mean, I don't care that much about... Rick's individual character journeys. Yeah. I think, like you say, it is strongest when he is um, interacting with and reacting to what's happening with the kids. Um, I think it has been this way always, although there is one episode in this series which I nearly gave you. Why didn't I give it to you? <laughs> oh, because it harkens way too much back to the Vampire Diaries. Mm. Um, but it is absolutely devastating. And if you don't watch anything else, I will not get you to watch that. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, but it harkens really far back. I might try and give this a go. Um, but why did you pick this episode? I picked this episode because I love the Josie Lizzie hope dynamic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I like the idea that you've got three girls who have grown up together and actually know each other very, very well. Yeah, and they keep and, listing off all these spring breaks and all these like things yeah, that could have happened. They've known each other since Hope was seven and the girls were five. Mm. Like, that's... Because believe it or not, there are two years in between. Um, <laughs> they don't look exactly like the it. same age. <laughs> they don't look like it, but there is. So they've known, they've grown up, but they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really interesting dynamic. I grew up with a lot of the same kids, kind of coming up um, through my childhood. Right. And there's some kids who you know really well who you just don't like. Like for <laughs> but whatever you're always, reason, like your your friends of them or dancing classes or something exactly. else like that. You're yeah. always around them. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I find that really in, an interesting dynamic. And I like that this show starts to take that idea of, wait a minute, what are all of these like small little things that have added up to us not liking each other? And is that even really a true story or is mm. it just something that we've been telling ourselves for many years? And that's been kind of broken down between Josie and Hope at this point, which you don't see that much of in this episode because Josie's too busy being like, stop talking about yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's very similar in, in what we see between Lizzie and Hope in that, you know, there was this thing when we were nine and there was this thing when we were 13 and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like all of these little things. Mm. And, and it's kind of a chance for them to go, well... Yeah, of course I was jealous that you got to spend time with your family. I don't have one. I don't have one. And and for various plot reasons, she didn't grow up being able to be around her family. Yeah. She had this big family that she knew existed, that she knew she loved, but she couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, yeah, I was jealous. Of course I was jealous. Like, But you never made an effort to try and be friends with me either. So yeah. like, I, I find that dynamic really crunchy and interesting, and I think that this episode really displays that. I did like that Joe's uh, uh, Lizzie um, when she really said what it was about. Yeah, she was like, "But you called me witch bipolar." Yeah, and she's like, "I wouldn't 
do that. Um, and I, I, it was nice because it was a, it was a general progression. But I thought she was just annoying. Um, but, but no, she she is genuine, has insecurities, and yeah. and, it, and it was nice because uh, it came, I think, just before the uh, man spreading line. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting to think that like these three characters, they probably had like some annoyances with each other before that, but that makes sense that that would be the absolute turning point that would turn dislike into despising kind mm. of. And that's what's led to them being so awful to each other now, or at least Lizzie being so awful to Hope and Hope kind of being a bit above it all because she's all aloof and she didn't want to have friends anyway, so she was fine with it, you know? Um, um, and, and and just generally I like the idea of Hope trying to warm up and actually just coming out with a little bit of vulnerability. Mm. You know, she would never have said, I lost half my stuff, it's the only picture I made with my right. dad. She would never have said that. Okay, okay. Um, that makes more sense of why she didn't just, just tell her originally. Yeah. Like, I didn't start the fire because why would I? Exactly. Um, that it had to be built up and something for her to actually reveal. Yeah, um, which is why I tried to put in all that stuff about her being very... Yeah, and um, starting to open up and be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I. What is uh, the dynamic between um, Hope and Josie? Um, do, they, do they dislike each other as well after growing up all this amount of time? They sort of had... Um, a casual, like not so much dislike, but just like ambivalence toward each other. Like they didn't really care about each other. Um, But kind of starting from about the like second or third episode of this show, they have started to kind of, like I say, go like, well, why don't we like each other? What's the actual reason? And kind of go like, well, that's kind of stupid. Um, And have started to not so much be like buddy buddies, but be closer. Mm. And, And Hope in particular has been trying to, assist Josie to come out of her shell a little bit and not be so subservient and codependent on Lizzie. Um, Oh, that's sweet. You know, there's this really sweet moment in the episode that I'd really like you to watch um, (laughs) where Josie gives, um, sorry, where Hope gives Josie a necklace and um, it has a little charm on it. And later on we find out that the charm on it, which they hadn't said earlier, was um, that it was to make quiet things heard. Um, oh, that's really... <laughs> see, it's really sweet. That sounds lovely, and it touched my little heart. But um, I didn't really get that as much in this episode, unfortunately. Um, but like the, the moment at the end at the school that I, that was a, that was the moment. I think that I. I... I knew that that throughout the episode there wasn't that much between Josie and Hope, but I also knew there was that lovely bit at the end where not only is she does she admit that she had a crush on her and is, and I think it's really sweet to see that Hope, who like I said we haven't known to be by up until this moment, mm-hmm. is just like so fine. Oh yeah, she's kind not like, of like you had a crush on me. Yeah, she's kind of just like really flattered by it, <laughs> and she's like you had a crush on me, and and I think that that's such a sweet moment. Mm, it was, it was. And I, like, as you heard, just started gushing a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, that little smile she has. I'm uh, like, oh. And then I looked back at my episode context and realized that she had a boyfriend. <laughs> she does. She does have a boyfriend. That's um, true. Uh, the other characters who are not in this episode boring or you don't care about or for you the 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 pull of this episode is the three girls the tricky thing about this show and i think it probably has a lot to do with like the way that they have to film things Mm -hmm. is that there's this group of probably you know 
six or seven main teen characters, but it's very rare to have them all interacting together in the same episode. Um, They are often split off into groups. Yeah. So for me, it was a choice of either choosing this combo of characters or this combo of characters Mm -hmm. or this Mm -hmm. combo of characters to give you. And I had to make a pretty extreme choice. Like there's this one with the dream demon, which I really wanted to give you because it's a great, I think it's probably one of the best structured episodes and says a lot about hope as a character, but Lizzie and Josie weren't in it. Right. And I was like, oh, but that's my favorite dynamic. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really tough choice because um, I I haven't yet found an episode that kind of uh, gives me my cake and allows me to eat it too, except possibly the last couple of the season, which... Which is be very difficult for you to explain. <laughs> yeah, and also gives everything away, so... Um, yeah, no, and you uh, have hopes for me in this show. I do, I really want you to watch it. Do I see I just need to talk to somebody about it? <laughs> do you not have anyone who watches The no. Legacy? Of course. No, who would I know that watches fucking Legacies? Um, like, it's not even, like, well enough known like Riverdale. Like, you can usually find somebody who watches yeah. Riverdale. Yeah. And I've and I've got you to watch Roswell, New Mexico, so I can talk to you about that one. But Legacies <laughs> is like kind of niche and very teen. This uh, is actually really reminding me of like how we were before we started this podcast, but also what the core of the podcast it's is. It's what the core of the podcast is, is. Getting me to watch the show, so but also you can talk about it with so me. I can talk about it with somebody. That's literally the half the point that we started this thing two years ago. But it's um really um it's fun. It's quite fun. Uh, it's definitely not a... I, I wouldn't call this, like, you know, it's, it's nowhere near a masterpiece. The dialogue is is full of expository information, but you're dealing with a mummy on Main Street. But I so. think it also it does, similarly to last week's she it kind of balances out your expository dialogue with a lot of really fun in, fun exchanges. Yeah, and um, the um, chemistry of, of, like, Caleb, and I'm hoping that the other characters would have as well, is that they can deliver those lines pretty well. Yeah. Uh, they can find a way to make it much more entertaining than just saying, you know, oh, okay, so there's a mummy and it has an evil scarab part and we need to remove its energy powers. And um, So it, at least it, <laughs> it, it does try to balance those. Yeah. Um, and... I think a bit better than Vampire Diaries has. I think that that by the craft has been honed a little bit. I totally agree. I do genuinely think that this is probably, I think it has the potential to be the strongest of the three. Mm. Um, I do think that the later original seasons, the the last two seasons are really strong. Yeah. And I really want to finish the originals because I am so perplexed by these characters mm. being protagonists because mm. it just didn't make sense. I thought it was just a cash grab and trying to, you know, make more money off the yeah. Vampire Diaries franchise when it was so big. But it's it's interesting to see that this is almost a completely different way of looking at it in terms of this very, you know, Xavier's mansion for gifted youngsters or yeah, school. Yeah, it's, uh, it's part X-Men, part Harry Potter and <laughs> part Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Um, one thing that, um, I think is really strong about the later seasons of the originals, which is why I recommend them is because what, what you miss a lot in the originals is kind of the central reason as to why these characters are being good when hope is just a baby. Yeah. It's like 
if, you know, they want to set a good example for this person, basically. And when she becomes an actual person, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Where, like, I've seen a few shows lately where, you know, you have, like, you know, a seven-year-old or a four-year-old. And and, and granted, I, I plowed through Jane the Virgin. Um, and so there was so many interesting scenes where it's just like, okay, well, no, lying is wrong, but mm-hmm. we're just doing this. But, oh, no, no, I need to do this. And, yeah. And there's these really touching moments of between, you know Jane and her son where it would just be like her growing as a person to make sure that she's setting a really good Mm. example for him and how to explain that to him uh you know being like six or seven it's um it'd be and that's Jane who's a really good person (laughs) so uh the originals trying to do that that is very interesting to me. Yeah. But you know I hate skipping ahead, so I'm going to have to try and okay. plow through if I would. Concept. Could I watch the legacies without finishing the originals? Yeah. Yeah. I just think it would mean more. Yeah. Um, concept. And I, I've already introduced Hope because she was a character in the later seasons. Exactly. Right. Um, I don't think you should finish The Vampire Diaries. It's not worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I don't think I will. But I could give you, I know you don't like watch lists, <laughs> but I could give you a watch list that would help some of the other stuff that's going to happen later in Legacies, Legacies? Makes Sense. Right. Um, because just I'm some not stuff get... around the twins. <laughs> um, yeah. Just some stuff around, um, like, their biological mother and mm. the Caroline Rick thing yeah. and um and and this whole thing that's gonna happen later on <laughs> that they've started alluding to. Like there's a lot of stuff there that um would is really crunchy and is gonna be really interesting to and important to legacies but is not worth what, plowing through, like, four more seasons. Of <laughs> I guarantee you, you do not need to do that. There is some shit, shit stuff in there. <laughs> oh, so I, if, if you are interested, I, I'm happy to provide that watch list for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the originals, I think season two is good. Mm. I think season three is bad. And season four and five. Season four and five are good. Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. You know, if you can get to the end, and I don't love season one either, so. You know, season, that was my struggle because I just didn't know what the direction was aside from there's a pregnant person going to give birth at the end of this. Yeah. Keep her alive. The problem the problem generally with the, the originals is it works best when problems occur within the family mm. and and when they get too far removed from that i think that that's when things start to fall apart mm. but anyway um yeah so um is there anything else about this episode that you want to shine light um, on or the show maybe broader? um i don't know i just really like it and, and the bromances uh, is is a is a decent uh, like interaction because i got the the stefan damon thing it never really clicked for me yeah in terms of them trying to be actually having a relationship because it was a quite a, a long time it was for a long them to drawn out stop thing. hating each other but then be on the same side but then elena love triangle and, yeah and them actually trying to figure out what their own relationship was because they're taught at history but um is it is it a good representation it's, of like emotions a, or feelings for guys it's a very different um depiction of brotherhood than what you see in the other shows because mm. the other shows kind of have these characters who have really, really complicated backgrounds who are then trying to make things work. These guys are kind of the opposite. They have a really strong relationship to start with and then it's all about how these outside forces start affecting them within 
um, the story. Mm. So I think it's kind of different but also stronger because you're not trying to, like, wade through, like, backstory and exposition. <laughs> it's more like, no, these guys love each other. Let's start there. And now let's see how... They deal with being a werewolf. They deal with being... Yeah. How does Raph deal with being a werewolf? What happens when they're separated because Landon can't go to the school that Raph goes to? Yes, that and... was what I was going to ask. Um, so no non-humans. No. Yeah. Well, no humans, you mean. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. No humans go to this school. So um, Landon can't be with his brother. Not at first, no. Mm. Um, they, they don't let him stay because it's too dangerous for him. Oh, he's a human. He's a human. He's, he's got blood. Exactly. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's a temptation for the other students. Not only is it, it's less of a temptation, it's more that it's it's dangerous for him. It's not like, he can't play sport with any of them, you know? <laughs> the, vamp, the wolves and the vamps are all way too strong. Like, yeah. They can easily, um, they can easily hurt him. Yeah, it's a temptation. Would you want to go to school feeling even more powerless than you already do as a teenager? Exactly, and and that was a big a big thing is that um, he kept saying like, no, no, I feel safe here, I feel safe here, and and Hope was like, you really shouldn't because <laughs> like, you're not. We're full. Of, like this is the reason that we're all here is because we can't do that much damage to each other. Hmm. Um, so like you being here means that we can damage you. Um, so yeah. So he wasn't allowed to be there at first. Right. Um, one last plot question. Um, they were siphon witches. Yes. But when they did a protection spell, they didn't need to draw power from anything. They had been drawing power from Pope that whole time. Oh, that's why they were holding hands. Yes. Got it. So anytime you see them with glowing hands, it's 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 a conduit kind of stuff. Got it. Yeah. Well, I did see that with the um, scarab stuff, but also that was different. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing. So when I first started watching Legacies, I also had not watched all of Vampire Diaries and Originals. Mm. So I was like, what? I don't, like, every every time, like, I kept seeing, like, um, Lizzie, like, touching walls and doing magic or, like, siphoning a little bit of power from a vampire and doing magic, and I, but I didn't know what siphoning was, and I'm mm. like, what is that? What's that thing? And they didn't explain it. They don't? No, they just kind of let you... Figure it out. Figure it out, or not. Um, and I was like, this is why I need to go back and rewatch some Vampire Diaries, so, which that's literally why I went out and Because you finished them, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> she said begrudgingly. I watched, a lot of hours. I watched a lot of Vampire Diaries when I was on my holiday in that's the States. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was downloading them on Netflix and watching them on buses and trains and things. Um, it's a great time to, to get through that kind of stuff because you can't do anything else. Yeah, no. Uh, so you when like I, when I was last watching Vampire Diaries in the originals, I was putting it on my iPad and then watching it on travel. I also occasionally, like, would, like, put it in my pocket, put my phone in my pocket and just listen to it. I was like, I don't even need to watch it. I, yeah, I was like, or if I got confused, I might be like, hang on, hang on. What happened? Bring it out, back, 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 back. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time I just listened to it, and that was enough to kind of get me through. And, um, but the originals I watched pretty mm. closely, at least the third and fourth seasons I did. Um, did you, sorry, fourth and fifth. Uh, last week you said you had something you wanted to talk about a bit more in this week's episode. Did you cover oh, I think I think it was about the, the group dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... and because it is quite interesting um, having uh, so many characters in a show. Yeah. But uh, it gives you a lot more chance to relate to them. But also it does mean it, you got to juggle the combos and the different combinations. Exactly. And, and I think that while in She-Ra they seem to, at least in the episodes that I saw, kind of put everyone together and shake it and see what comes out. And this one they are a little bit more selective about putting groups and pairings together. Yeah. So um, the episodes I gave you was so you could kind of see all the different dynamics. Yeah. So 
I wasn't sure who you'd relate to, um, uh, and I'm happy it's the central character, <laughs> but it is... Um, I mean, I also love some of the others. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also love So you get a little and... snippet of all of them yeah. and, and give you a really good chance because that's – but also, you know, seeing how they work together is really interesting. Yeah. Um, because they still would section off. Uh, so in She-Ra, it's very much like that as well. There's only probably like four or five episodes in the season where they're all together. Yeah. Um, but it's – um. But it's interests probably the same here, right? Yeah, it's, it is very similar here. There are times um, – there's a, a group who at one point do something together and then they call themselves the Avengers squad, <laughs> um, which is cute. That is cute. Um, and and kind of toward the end of the season, they will pull all the groups together and again, refer to them as the Avengers squad. It's again, very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that, but I think an important part of this show is that the interpersonal relationships are so complicated that it's not so easy to just bring everybody together to do stuff because you've got, you know, those girls who normally hate hope, but now this person likes hope. And then the, but the twins are arguing and Landon loves hope, but also Raphael has a crush on hope. Everybody loves hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she did actually say that towards the end of the episode. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? It's, it's kind of a joke in the fandom. Like, right. Hope ship, uh, ship hope with anyone, <laughs> literally everybody. Um, except maybe, MG. Uh, They're just friends. Anyway, (laughs) but yeah, so the the interpersonal uh, relationships are so complicated that bringing everybody together isn't always the easiest and may not always be the most effective. So I think that that's one thing that Shira did quite strongly, showing that when they do combine their forces, it goes really well. They don't really attempt that until the end of the season. Mm. And even then, some characters have gone off to do other things. Yeah, yeah. And it does make sense. In live action, it, it just, it's easier. Um, blocking wise and 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 camera angle wise, I think a lot of it on this show has to do with filming blocks. Yeah. So I think that they've gone like, if these are Josie and Lizzie he- heavy episodes, we've got to film them at the same time that we're going to film the ones that don't have them in ah. there. So it's just like a timing thing, particularly if I don't know if these actors are not um, yet yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So that makes it even harder. So I think that's got a lot to do with why it is that way. Mm. I'm not mad about it; it's fine. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to a time when we can actually see our core group of like seven interact and come together and fight the bad guys mm. and whatever happens will happen. It seems to be a black tar pit and something's going to come out of it, I'm assuming. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it will. Um, Where are you one at? more artifact, right? Yeah, one more artifact after this one. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is really hard. Um... I'd probably say two eyes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's where I thought you'd be. With yeah, I when, after I first watched it, I thought I was a one eye. But on the second watching, when I had a bit more context, I guess like behind uh, Josie's character and uh, realizing that Lizzie wasn't a total bitch, um, I had I had more understanding of the characters, yeah. and I was like, okay, maybe I could be on board with watching these people. Yeah. Uh, Hope seems like such a pretty girl. I don't really get Hope yet from this episode. Yeah. It was hard for me to get... Because she's the central character, right? Yeah. She's basically the Elena, the the, yeah. the 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 son that everyone's orbiting around. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but I has... don't have to like the central character you to don't. like the show. She does... One thing I'll say, if you go back and watch from the beginning, the first episode or two don't really show what I think Hope's full strengths are. So she's a snarky ass bitch. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're, um, you're, you're, you're kind of, yeah, your kind of character. She's, she's both, um, 
you know, emotionally stunted and snarky um, and, and very powerful um, and a little bit of a martyr. Mm. Um, it's I all mean, like, these kind of combinations of things. And some of them we didn't see in this episode because I was more focused on the dynamic between them than yeah. showing necessarily Hope's strengths herself. Um but yeah, I think all of those things kind of combine, and then and then you get to see like real mo- moments of emotional vulnerability. I might play you a little clip from a section that she does with Landon, just so that you can see. Oh, what that dynamic! What that like. dynamic yeah. is like? Because at the moment, I have absolutely nothing in my head of what Landon even looks like no. or what kind of person I he is. Knew, I knew that that would be the case. Um, I completely forgot about him in my first watching. Yeah, and then on the second watching, I was like, okay, yeah, she has a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. I can't ship him with Hope too much. I mean, you I can. could. <laughs> Do whatever you like. No, but I don't Lord like shipping knows, where it doesn't go anywhere. Lord knows the fandom ships Hope and Josie a lot. <laughs> and Hope and Lizzie. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. oh, I guess if we hate each other, we love each other, that kind of Yeah, thing. And, th- and the relationship evolves and okay. all sorts of things. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's... But also, the thing is that, like, a lot of the ships, like, potential ships with Hope are also quite wholesome and sweet. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, you know, one's a toxic, you know... The punch, punch, kiss type relationship. It's all- not a um, Elena with Damon and then Elena with Stefan. Exactly. Yeah. I actually think that, I think that in general, this show is quite wholesome. It did feel more like family friendly to me yeah. than, than the others have, definitely. Um, and it was interesting. I kind of wanted to see if it had a different rating because I remember Vampire Diaries was, was it? No, it was only ever M, I think. Yeah, it was definitely nothing really higher M, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but I think it's it's the the difference being that Vampire Diaries and parts of the originals were so focused on the love relationships. Yeah, so so focused on them, and I like that this show has has you know romantic relationships as well but is really open to exploring other dynamics. Mm. Um, I didn't expect She-Ra and Legacies to have so much in common. So, as I was watching <laughs> Princesses of Power, I was like, actually, these two shows go together great. We, we just, Every once in a while, we try to like sync up our two episodes to kind of be thematically similar yeah. um, to see if they can bounce off each other. And I was not expecting them to have at all anything relevant with each yeah. other. But yeah, no, it's, it's, and, it's something that I really enjoyed in She-Ra that I didn't realize that I was enjoying um, is, you know, the other dynamics, not the love dynamics. I don't need to really know who Bo's interested in. Like, Bo and Perfuma were just yeah, just going on a, on, on a date. Why not? Um, and so it was quite... It, I'm curious to see more of that, that dynamic here, um, but I didn't really feel it yet because sure. I only read it. I only read that they grew up since yeah, you know, yeah. each other from, from the age of seven and all this sort of stuff. Well, I mean, we also haven't, we didn't watch them all grow up together either. No, right, right, right. But it's, you would have it's seen... It's still informed. It's all yeah. things that we've heard, but we've seen a lot of kind of snarky interactions between them as things have gone about. Yeah. Um, another another thing that came up as like this little side note last week um, when I was like, oh, by the way, I like that there were diverse body types. Um, <laughs> I also like this show Again, because um, MG and Raf and Landon weren't in it, they are all people of colour. Oh, great. Um, so they, so the show also has a lot of diversity in the casting. Um, and Because uh, it took Vampire Diaries way too long to get there. I mean, and by the time it got the there, I... The originals was also not good at it. Because <sighs> the, the originals were all white, like the actual characters The central themselves. antagonist in the first season is black. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> True. Anyway... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yes. Also, um, 
Hope isn't like super duper stick skinny, and I really adore that. Okay, you nice. may not have noticed it because they like dress her really in a really flattering shapes, but in that in the same way that I'm like, oh, good, she's like dressing for her body type, and she's a beautiful, beautiful person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also like got some curves to her. She doesn't need to be anorexic to be pretty. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. I just really appreciate that, especially considering she's a central character. And uh, there's part of my brain that probably goes like, "Well, they cast her when she was 15 in the in the originals, and they met, like maybe didn't know what she was going to develop into." Mm. But also, it doesn't seem like she's got a lot of pressure from the studio to kind That's of wonderful. you know maintain a particular body shape. It does feel a bit more wholesome, doesn't it? It's a bit more wholesome, <laughs> and I like it. This is our wholesome fortnight. I know. <laughs> but also uh, on a, on that side note, um. Uh, the original creator of She-Ra from the 1985 series uh, gave her wildly approving seal um, of approval <laughs> for um, the the different types of body types and the different diverse uh, skin colors that yeah. you get in, in all this sort of cast. Like uh, even uh, Glimmer, you don't realize until later on, uh, her father um, uh, was a person of color. Yeah, right. Uh, and so th- that's why her and her mother don't really look anything alike. Yeah, yeah. She's a mix, which yeah. is really nice. See, because even in cartoons, it's rare to see interracial couples like yeah. it is sometimes in TV shows. So seeing this kind of diversity is is something I'm really looking forward to. And that it's okay to make these kind of jokes um, from different people of different backgrounds. And Caleb really brings a zazz of energy. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the widest thing you've ever done or the van or whatever. Yeah. Said. yeah. Um, and so it, it's good because not only does it bring in culture, but it's not pandering. Yeah. It's, it, bringing in culture. It feels it's actually natural. bringing in culture. Yeah, it actually it embraces and kind of absorbs the the different cultures and the different backgrounds and allows that to affect the story mm-hmm. um, in ways that make the stories more interesting. Yeah, because in the mystical lands of sorry again to talk about Shira, but they um you know. The, the the different kingdoms are different types of people. Exactly. Some have horns, some have flowers, yeah. and, and different colours and different body shapes. And yeah. So that's a really nice um, tidbit that I did not notice at all. Granted, I obviously don't look at females' bodies that much. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I thinking back to it now, there's not a huge amount of skin in the episode. No, and that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, they all dress, like, appropriately for the age and the time. So, like, yes, there is the occasional crop top because – that's what people wear. Yeah. Um, that's what young 16 year olds wear. Yeah. Um, but I, I never feel like it's gross. I never feel like it's um, particularly pervy. pervy. Yeah. Um, and there's this really, really beautiful moment later on, which unfortunately, because people, some people are the idiot are, um, unfortunately, because some people on the internet are awful. There's this moment where hope wears a dress that Caroline once wore mm-hmm. um, that was given to her by Klaus. And it's a whole emotional moment. Um, and, um, the dress looks a little different on Hope than it did on Caroline because they have different body shapes. Yeah. And some people on the internet were really mean about that. Oh, and I'm like, but guys, have you seen this girl? She is like beautiful. Like how? I don't understand. I'm glad the show is supporting that. And, yeah. and Josie's comment, at first it bothered me because I'm like, is everyone just going to be in love with Hope? Yes. Yes, they are. And I it's think okay. it's a mystical power. And I love it. <laughs> and I think I've been infected. I have not yet, but we will see. I, I think I'll uh, give this a go, actually. Yeah. Um, 
As to how, we'll talk about the specifics off air because I don't think that's a conversation you guys need to be exposed to because I have very firm watching methods and Jane is just keen for me to watch the legacies, I'm pretty sure. Please, (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, definitely two eyes. Great. Definitely two eyes. Good. Not a one. Pleased to hear it. So now that that's done, what's been in your eye this week? Riverdale season three. Oh, I wanted you to do that last week so that I could say that this week. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Continue. Um, uh, I, well, you're watching a different season. I um, am, ex- I feel like I have to watch this show <laughs> because sure. one of my favorite actors of all time, Sam Witwer, has been cast in season four. And I also know that Chad Michael Murray pops up towards the end of season three. And I miss Chad Michael Murray from um, One Tree Hill, you know? But I I really lost steam on this show, I I think last year (laughs) or very early this year. And um, the episode I came back to was uh, a whole noir um, genre episode, um, which was kind of like a detective story through the lens of Jughead, Mm -hmm. which I actually really enjoyed. And I realized that the show is actually stronger when it leans away from its own genre, (laughs) when it tries to do something a little bit different. I've had a whole conversation with you about this, about how I love how Riverdale's whole thing is that it plays with genre. Yeah. But not just in those special episodes. Yeah. It does have those special episodes where it's got, like, the narration and blah, blah, blah. But also, just generally, it's, you know... Sometimes it does horror, sometimes it does mystery, Mm. sometimes it does noir. And sometimes that can be jumbled and sometimes that can be too much and it doesn't really work. But sometimes it really can work, which is surprising to me for a show that I uh, have watched mostly because I see a lot of men that I enjoy. And there's a gay (laughs) plot line that took too damn long to come out. And by the time I finally got to it, the relationship was kind of... Wait, what relationship? Moose and Kevin. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really much of anything. It wasn't. Yeah. Give Kevin a relationship. Archie's had how many? It makes me sad. Oh, anyway, I'm watching it. Good. <laughs> it's good. in my eye, and I'm not sure if I'm liking it or not, but I'm I'm having a time. You're having a time. <laughs> I'm having a time. Good, good. Um, well, I can't think of anything else, so unfortunately I also have to say Riverdale, <laughs> um, but I last night attempted to go back and rewatch the first episode of Riverdale. Why did you go back to the beginning? I don't know. I mean, Netflix does do that to us sometimes. I'm wait- Is that I'm, because of that? I am desperately waiting for all of my shows to come back really oh. soon. Because it's 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 almost that America's fall. Yeah, so uh, like Legacies comes back on October tenth, which oh. is like kind of three four weeks away. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of at that point where like I don't want to start anything new, kind of long term, because like all my shows are about to come back. And you don't want to make any big commitments. And there's a whole bunch of new CW shows that I'm quite excited about seeing. Right. Um, what so, you, what, off the vein of that, what are you excited about? Uh, so the new shows that I'm com- that I'm looking forward to, um, one is on CW and one is on Freeform. Mm. Um, CW is coming out with a new Nancy Drew. Oh, that's right. I've seen the trailer for that. that I've looked- seen the trailer. It looks- I'm not convinced, but I was intrigued. I mean, it looks very Riverdale-y. Yeah. Um, but also, I love Riverdale, so <laughs> I'm quite excited by that. I think it looks like somewhere between Riverdale and Pretty Little Liars. Which is a combination I'm not mad about. That would be your ideal show. That would be a great show. I mean, not my ideal show, but, okay. you know, a, a great, great show. It would be show. your ideal guilty pleasure show. Yes. <laughs> that's more like it. Um, so that looks pretty good. The other one is, like, this random show called Motherland Fort Salem. Okay. Which is about, like, 
it's set in this like alternate world where witches have been fighting for the United States for 300 years. Ooh, they have, I like, like that. Yeah, and then but I don't know. I saw the I saw the trailer for it ages ago, and I don't even know when it's due to come out. But I'm really excited to see that when it finally does. So yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to some of those new shows. And in the meantime, if I have to watch some old Riverdale to kind of itch, scratch that itch, and also just to kind of. So then it's nice to go back to the start and see where we've been mm-hmm. for when we know we're about to start a new season of something. True, true. It's, it was uh, interesting I, to watch the the original dynamics, you know, see Betty and Veronica become friends again. They did have a really nice, because she's like, I don't want to be your enemy. Yeah. Just because this guy's interested in me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Um, you said attempted. Did you say attempted? Okay, I fell asleep. <laughs> um, not, not because it was bad, but just because I was really tired. It was about yeah, midnight. Yeah. Oh, also, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger are having a um, crossover. Crossover. Really? Which means I, I have to catch up on Cloak, Cloak and Dagger. Because uh, I didn't finish that last season because I got really annoyed at Tandy. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will need to do that so yeah, that we can watch no, that crossover. Yeah, Runaway Seasons 2 is coming, isn't it? Three. Three. That's right. When when is that on the horizon? Mm-hmm. Not till next year, I think. Because it was earlier it this year. Of, it came out of Christmas because I watched it at my sister's house. So it might be back out of Christmas again. Oh. I don't know. Mm. We should check that. Yes. Anyway, all of my fabulous, vaguely um, supernatural teen dramas <laughs> are hopefully going to be back soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that'll make me happy because I'm a little low on content right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can uh, get in contact with us on social media on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We tend to be on Instagram a bit more, but it's at Major Look Pod. That's right. You could also email us jacarandamedia at outlook.com. The, uh, the full email address is in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our show notes, if you happen to be on your app or on your computer looking at our show, you could perhaps just scroll down a little bit further and review us. Give us a little rating. Really nice to hear from you. Um, And let us know of anything you do or don't like or want us to watch or detest us watching. Please let us know anything you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, That's it. All right. We will see you next week for Halloween Special Double. I'm so excited about this, actually. Yes, Yes, this has been quite planned. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, in the meantime, have a great week, and we will be in your ear holes again in a week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And there's some stuff that we'll talk about perhaps throughout the, the series. Throughout perhaps. <clears throat> like, I know who he is. Oh, um, sorry. I normally have the sound turned off on my Netflix. I was just going to look through and see if I can watch anything. We continue watching. Yeah, yeah, I do the same. The Salvatore School is a haven for witches, werewolves. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 